Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And I have a new pun I'm absolutely loving. You know how back a while ago there was that picture, that meme, where the guy's walking down the street and his girlfriend is on his right and his girlfriend is looking at him as he's checking out the uh, caboose on the young lady walking the other direction. Uh, and, and everybody is using that for... Okay, you know what I'm talking about. When something like that starts to take hold, I absolutely love it. And we have one of those going on. We have one of those going on, and I love it. Um, that's a HIPAA violation. That's a HIPAA violation. I worked in healthcare for billions and billions and billions of years, and it aged me ginormously. And one of the things that happened toward the end was HIPAA, H-I-P-A-A, which, is, which involves patient healthcare information. Then there's H-I-P-P-A, which is a government program that involves privacy of information for stuff other than healthcare. So now all of a sudden, what with um, vaccinations and people not wanting to say if they're vaccinated or not or whatever, that, that's a HIPAA violation. So whenever something, when's the Cubs next trade going to be? That's a HIPAA violation. It has nothing to do with vaccinations or anything, but if it's a question that do you like strawberries, that is a HIPAA violation. I, I just love those things going. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be some stuff going on. We don't know when it's going to happen. It's going to start happening. Are the Cubs going to re-sign any up? We don't know. It's a HIPAA violation. And the reason I like the HIPAA violation thing, especially today, it took me a long time. Have you ever been working on a puzzle? And there's two pieces that you think fit together, but they don't, and they don't, and they don't. Then the 23rd time, oh, they do fit together. The two pieces do fit together. Um, one question about 2022 that ought to be forefront. I'm going to say that again. One question about the Cubs in 2022 that ought to be forefront. What will Tom Ricketts let Jed Hoyer spend on payroll? I'll say it again. What will Tom Ricketts let Jed Hoyer spend on payroll? If that number is, let's say, $237 million, spend it or you're gone. Jed Hoyer would put together a different roster than if Jed Hoyer says, you're not going over $115 million. See how that makes a difference? See how that makes a difference? Until we, as a fan base, know what Tom Ricketts' number for Jed Hoyer is. I'm guessing $115 million. Now, if it's $115 million, Hayward's getting 22 Hendricks is getting... 
a very reasonable steal of a deal. What is it, 13? I was just looking at the length of his contract. I didn't look at the numbers on it, but what, 12, 15 million, something like that? Some, something absurd like that? So between Hayward and Hendricks, they're at about 35 million, something like that. And uh, if Tom Ricketts' number for Jed Hoyer is anywhere near 115, he's not going to be able to bring in Javier Baez for 30 or Trevor Story for 30 or Chris Bryant for 30. He's not going to be able to. Now, should we be pushing back and say, I guess we can. We can say Tom Ricketts is rather foolish if he has the number at 115 instead of 147. But since... For the last 50 years, probably a whole lot further than that, payroll has been determined by tickets sold. How many tickets are the Cubs going to sell this year? I don't know. How many uh, season tickets are the Cubs going to have for 2022? I don't know. Is there going to be a 2022 season? I don't know. Is there going to be a Delta variant thing striking and the owners can't sell any tickets to anything for to anybody, even if they want to go. I don't know. The owner wants to retain his financial edge in his organization. Tom Ricketts is going to give Jed Hoyer a number. Tell me that number. And I'll tell you who he should start re-signing. But until we know what that number is, I'm going with 115. I don't know what number you're... Are, are you projecting 140, 173, 294? I, whatever your number is, if your number is different than the number Tom Ricketts gives Jed Hoyer, the result will be different. Kind of simple. Until we know the number that Tom Ricketts is giving Jed Hoyer, we don't know what should be going on. And since Tom Ricketts isn't going to tell us the number that he's telling Jed Hoyer, we're not going to know. And more than likely, the number that Tom Ricketts gives Jed Hoyer will be probably somewhere around what Jed Hoyer has spent on the 2022 roster come the end of spring training, if there is an end of spring training. So yeah, we, if we acknowledge the important question is, what is the number Jed Hoyer is going to give, uh, Jed Hoyer is going to get given from Tom Ricketts? That's the important thing. As long as we know that's the important thing, then, um, it, it, and, we, and we won't know that. People who ignore the magic number, what the number will be, are basically living in fantasy land. Money falls off of trees. You can eat at Ruth Chris Steakhouse for free. That stuff doesn't exist. There will be a budget until we know what the budget is. And of course, the magic number, the number that Tom Ricketts is going to give Jed Hoyer, that's a HIPAA violation. Um, Friday night in the Cubs pipeline. Iowa was the only winner. Um, 
Justin Steele was the starting pitcher. He went four innings, 71 pitches. Don't read a whole lot into 71 pitches in AAA because 71 pitches in AAA does not necessarily transfer pitch for pitch to 71 pitches in a major league game. My guess, if he's gotten 71 in a AAA game, he might be able to go 45, maybe 50 in a major league game. So you're looking maybe three, maybe four innings, something like that. And if he's up against, you know, if he's if he's up against the Diamondbacks, he might be able to pitch into the seventh. But if he's pitching against a good team, he'll have trouble getting four. Now, uh, if the Cubs do the thing where they trade Zach Davies and plug in Justin Steele, and Steele's going to be the starter, that's fine. That's completely fine. Uh, Justin Steele. Keegan Thompson, Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele. Excuse me. <clears throat> Using those as piggybacks makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Use those two. They could probably get in about six or seven. And then you toss out some other guys for the other innings. That would make perfect sense. But don't say, oh, because... Justin Steele pitched four innings in AAA, 71 pitches. That means he will be able to walk into an MLB game and automatically start breezing through 85 pitches and six. No, it doesn't work that way. Levels up are levels harder. Levels harder mean the strike zone shrinks a bit. The batters have a better command of the zone. 71 pitches for four innings very, very easily can become 85 pitches through three innings at a new level. So plug in Justin Steele if Davies gets traded, if Zach Davies gets traded, and he should, Justin Steele is fine. Keegan Thompson pitching three innings yesterday was arguably more impressive or important or more telling than what Justin Steele did. Because Keegan Thompson showed that he can pitch three innings if he's against the Diamondbacks. So if you go with Steele slash Thompson and with Thompson going on the same day that Steele did, hmm, interesting. Um, Sergio Alcantara was a triple short of the cycle. Andrew Romine isn't really a prospect so much. He's a rather old guy playing second base. But nonetheless, he went four for five. Uh, Trace Thompson homered, as did Alfonso Rivas. And since Justin Steele got good support, since the I-Cubs were ahead staring late in the game, and since Tommy Nance... And Tony Singrani, who both belong at the major league level sometime before late September, uh, closed it out. The I-Cubs won, what was it, six to four, something like that. Uh, I I have the article, the, the written article pending. Um, it's about ready to go up. Uh, Tennessee Smokies, one thing to keep in mind with Brennan Davis. One thing to keep in mind with Brennan Davis, he's going to strike out quite a bit. I had one at bat that I was listening to 
where he worked a full count, properly worked up a full count, 3-2 count pitch outside by about 8, 9, 10 inches. Catcher reels it back in. Umpire rings up Brennan Davis. Brennan Davis is really, we're calling that a strike. He didn't get tossed or anything, but he, he was obviously upset. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, and he was punished. Davis was one for five with a double that drove in a run. Nelson Maldonado homered and drove in two, three runs, something like that. Uh, and Tennessee lost six to four or something like that. Popular score. Um, from that game, Luis Lugo started the, it was five to three. That game was five to three. The, uh, between Lugo and the first three relievers, they kept it kind of close. Kane Eckert pitched the ninth. Once the players in Des Moines started getting called up to Chicago, then Kane Eckert and Ethan Roberts belong in Iowa. Probably Ethan Roberts and Kane Eckert already belong in Iowa, but Iowa has a gorged, stocked, loaded bullpen. So since Iowa has a gorge-stocked, loaded bullpen, the Cubs ought to start trading relief pitchers so the Cubs can find out how good those gorged, stocked, loaded relief pitchers in AAA will do in Chicago when Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson are sharing a start. Um, South Bend... In my writing piece, the that game just completely spun out of spun out of control. Various number of different points. Um, Jose Albertos started for South Bend. He gave up three home runs and six runs total in an inning plus. So the game was already kind of out of control right at the start. Dalton Stombaugh came in. And shut it down. Stambaugh, Stambaugh is pitching fairly well at advanced A-balls. You know what that means, right? You know what that means, right? If there are trades and guys from AAA go to double, uh, and guys from AAA go to Wrigley, and guys from AA go to uh, Des Moines, somebody from A-ball, advanced A-ball, has to go to AA, and there's a lot of guys in South Bend who are struggling. Dalton Stambaugh, they might as well toss him up to AA. Because he's uh, he's representing well enough. Um, Stambaugh and the rest of the bullpen, to a certain point, did very well. The offense roared back. Um, Navarez, Dean Navarez, who is a catcher the Cubs signed off the street back about, oh, I don't know, about three weeks ago, something like that. He played a little tiny bit in the Arizona Compound League, and I was saying, who the heck is this guy? And then uh, about um, eh, four or five days later, gets called up South Bend, his first South Bend at bat. He hits a home run. He hits a home run last night, neither his second or third game. You can hit an advanced A ball. Maybe you hit a double A ball. I don't know. A little bit too early to call that, but he's started well, certainly. Uh, so Navarez homered. Um, 
The offense kept purring a bit for South Bend. Eventually, Jonathan Perlaza, who had three runs and three hits, homered to the dead zone in right center field. And South Bend led and pushed it to 9-6 to six going into the bottom of the eighth inning. And then the South Bend bullpen kicked in and started walking the universe. And they were about ready to get out of it. Bases loaded, up 9-7, to seven, ground ball to second. Second baseman throws it to the shortstop, and it ends up in left field. Three-run score, and Wisconsin ended up scoring eight runs in the eighth inning. Final score, 14-9. to nine. Don't read anything into it at all. You're looking for general trends, and what that says is the second baseman and the shortstop didn't hook up very well on what should have been a 4-6-3 double play. Read nothing further into it. Then you end up getting into a situation where the infield's in and the horse is running out of the barn and all that kind of stuff. And South Bend loses 14-9. Myrtle Beach, very important. Interesting game for Myrtle Beach. For one thing, I learned how to pronounce Tyler Schlafer's name. S-C-H-L-A-F-F-E-R. I was saying Schlaffer, Schlaffer, Schlaffer. I was wrong. It's Schlafer, as if there's an umlaut over the A, if you know anything about Deutsch. Uh, Tyler Schlafer got the start um, and pitched into the... Fourth inning, fifth inning against the best team in the league. Okay, that's cool. Um, Schlafer ended up getting into a little bit of trouble there. Jeremiah Estrada, who's been absolutely fantastic, came in and gave up a grand slam. And suddenly Myrtle Beach was down five to nothing. Not taking anything away from Schlafer or Estrada. That's a good team they were playing. The Pelicans bounced back in the fifth with five successive singles. They ended up scoring three in the seventh. They ended up scoring one in the... No, was that, no that's the sixth, not the seventh. Then they scored one more in the seventh. Um, Charleston tacked on one in the eighth. Final score, six to four. Not really a whole lot to drag out of that, except, 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 well, Schlafer and Jeremiah Estrada continuing their development, and, 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 and Ethan Hearn and Jordan Wogu are both at or above 200 in batting average. It's been a long time. They've both been playing really well recently. Um... It was, it's nice to see it. There were so many times I saw seven or eight or nine batting averages in that lineup under 200. They're finally starting to figure it out. And one other thing with um, Myrtle Beach. I didn't write this in the written piece. It'll probably end up somewhere sooner or later. It seems like the goal is to let Ed Howard play two games out of three and rest two games a week. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I don't think there's any compelling reason 
for him to have to play five games a week or six games a week. When he played five games a week and six games a week, he wasn't hitting. He was um, he was underwater. He was beneath the skis. Once he got healthy, once they decided to start giving him more days off, they've got plenty of guys. Uh, Fabian Pertuz needs chances to play. Kevin Maday needs chances to play. They have an entire roster full of guys who need chances to play. There's no reason to have to feel like um, Ed Howard has to play every game. He isn't playing every game, and since he hasn't been playing every game, he's been playing better. So probably between Saturday, well, Saturday, Friday night, Ed Howard had off. Saturday, Howard figures to play. Sunday, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But it's not a thing of, um, is there a horrible problem going on because Ed Howard isn't? No, there isn't. Um, Games are important, but there's a lot of stuff that can be taken care of in practice and Watching is another way of developing. The games in the Arizona League um, all seem to be canceled on Saturday. I don't know if there's a Habub attack or I don't know what happened. But there, there didn't seem to be any Arizona League games. And in the Dominican League, Cubs had two games-ish. One of them against the Dodgers. Cubs led four to nothing into the bottom of the sixth. It was a seven inning game. And the Dodgers fought for four runs in the bottom of the sixth. And then the game got suspended. Now, if they would have stopped the game when it was four to three, then the game wouldn't have been suspended. It would have been over. If it was 4-3 to three when they uh, brought on the tarp, then the Cubs would have won 4-3. to three. If they would have waited, the, the Cubs' bullpen seemed to be leaking, uh, leaking oil quite heavily in the bottom of the sixth inning. Had they waited another batter or two, the Dodgers probably would have scored a fifth run, and then when they brought on the tarp, when they called the game, it would have been over and the Dodgers won. But they waited until it was tied to bring out the tarp. So I don't know if they'll get the game resumed ever. Um, I asked somebody, but they said it was a HIPAA violation. Uh, so we will see if that game ever gets completed or whatever. Uh, the, uh, the Cubs red played against the Brewers. And lost six to nothing and got two hits. I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time telling you what all went on in that one today. Today, today, Saturday morning, as I am talking now, the Cubs red are playing against Cubs blue. Cubs red is pitching around Christian Hernandez, who had two walks through three innings. And Cubs blue is pitching around Cubs red entirely. Because Cubs Red in the third inning has drawn six walks. So uh, I'll probably eventually get around to telling you how that game came out. But um, Cubs Red, Cubs Blue games. 
I'm good with them. I'm good with them. What it seems like the league is doing is you have two games. The Cubs have two affiliates in the Dominican League. So it seems like they're playing two teams on Monday, uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. So let's say it's uh, one of the Rangers teams and the Phillies team, whatever. Rangers, Phillies, one plays Cubs red, one plays Cubs blue. The next day they flip. They get Wednesday off. On On Thursday and Friday, they have a similar pairing. They play two teams. And on Thursday, and then on Friday, they flip. And then on Saturday, the fifth game of the week, it's Cubs Red against Cubs Blue. I'm perfectly good with that. Cubs Red, Cubs Blue, seven innings. The reason I'm perfectly good with that, you're getting games against other teams, but if you have Cubs Red, Cubs Blue, you're probably not going to have any beanball wars. That's the last thing you need in the DSL. You don't need fights. You don't need people throwing at people and if it's an internal game if it's effectively a uh an intra-squad game with the stats counting i'm good with that one time a week uh saturday games i will note what's going on i'm not going to post on my twitter on saturday cubs red cubs blue games i'm not going to post lineups i will post lineups on the other four games of the week because it's us against them and sharpen up the spikes baby um but no the the saturday game they're playing they're doing some things somebody's going to learn something somebody's going to not learn something um christian hernandez is going to get pitched around and uh the the one thing that i did see uh, Pedro Alvarez, my or Pedro Ramirez, not Alvarez. Pedro Ramirez, my boy, youngest guy in the pipeline, single in a walk through two innings. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I will have more on that. I will have more on the Cubs game. I will have more on the Cubs pipeline. I haven't even checked to see who's starting, who's anything. I did hear Mick Gillespie say that the starter tonight for Tennessee will be um oh great cool now i told you i know who it is and i've completely forgotten what his name is uh chambers um dakota chambers yes i i I try to i'm trying to uh remember dakota chambers by remembering dakota meccas because somebody was talking about how uh dakota meccas is from michigan so he'd be north dakota and uh Dakota Chambers is from, like, Georgia, South Carolina, something like that. So he'd be South Dakota. Uh, Wow, I have certainly talked quite a while. Um, Thanks for sticking with me. And I hope you learned a little bit about Friday Night in the Cubs Pipeline. And if I ever tell you it's a HIPAA violation... I might use PPA, I might use PAA, but I love the premise. You have an absolutely fantastic weekend. Be safe, be nice to people, and have a great tomorrow.